Podcast brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors: uh, Par Hopper Golf Apparel, Two Pilots Distillery, Nobles Networking, Project K9 Hero, uh, Mega Knife Co. On Instagram, go check them out. Grid Iron Coffee. Uh, our folks over there at Creative Vets. Uh, they're not a sponsor, but go look them up. We'll be playing in a charity golf tournament next week in Nashville. I love what they do. Go make sure you look them up and go follow them on all their social media platforms as well as uh, Mission 22 and Project K9 Hero. Um, special thank you to my guy, Mr. Bruce Thompson. Uh, he was here earlier today. Uh, Red Circle, our management company, thank you for all that you do. Uh, we're going to do another political show with one of my faves, somebody who's running for governor, Miss uh, Candace Taylor. I'm glad to see you coming back in, taking a break from your big old tour bus you got now. Yeah, you know, Bruce Thompson, he thinks that you're he's your favorite, but he's not. Bruce, do you hear this? I am Josh Terry's favorite. We've been friends longer. Uh, he spoke very well of you today. I love Bruce. I love giving him a hard time. We kind of pick on each other. Uh, he's going to take that labor commissioner job, and he's going to clean house. Uh, he, today, he always, uh, I always tell him he's one of those men uh, or just people in general that when he talks – he just makes you want to run through a wall for him. He just explains stuff. He's blunt. He's one of those, just like you, that when I ask you a question, you don't give me the politician answer because you're not really politicians. You're just doing you're doing what you're supposed to do. Like, you, you, you see a hole, you're trying to fix the hole. And uh, that's what I like about you guys. That's why I don't have anybody else that has, uh, with the state of Georgia, that is our running for office. Um, we've had some reach out to us. There's some I would have, Herschel. Uh, we're going. We're going to get Herschel before the race. Uh, let uh, me talk to Herschel. Yeah, we're going to get Herschel. Um, and uh, also, the thing that I was going to tell you to start this off with: guess who's running ads on my show? Who? Stacy Abrams. Bless her. She uh, she's got so much money and has no idea. So I have made a joke out of it now. I told Bruce earlier. Uh, shows how much they just don't give a damn where their money goes. She literally, and I can't stop the ads because it goes through a red circle, but I make a laughing stock out of it now to where yeah. she literally is throwing money at somebody who doesn't support her. Well, the wages of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So I'm proud that she's donating to your podcast. Yeah. It's awesome. She's literally putting uh, money behind the number one show in Georgia that doesn't support her. Yeah, she's not going to win, but good luck. I don't believe in luck. Yeah, I'm glad you don't. Uh, since the last time you was on the show, let's see, you've uh, you've pissed off enough people to where you've ended up on, uh, what, CNN once, I know. Yeah. Um, 
Tell Rachel, me. Ma- Rachel Maddow on NBC. I've been in all kind of liberal podcasts, liberal uh, media outlets. They make fun of me because I say Jesus guns and babies. I take the and out and they say Jesus guns babies. And they send me memes of Jesus blowing the heads off babies. You can't make the stuff up. It's insanity. They also went ballistic. I was trending on Twitter about the Jesus guns and babies. But they went ballistic about the separation of church and state. Because I said the state better get out of our church. But we are the church and we run the state. Because it's we the people of by mm-hmm. for the people. And they did not like that. So I did an hour long constitution lesson with them. And I explained to them and showed them in the constitution how in our preamble of the Georgia Constitution, it says Almighty God. He's the foundation. You can't take him out. And that one kind of went viral, and they've snipped up pieces of it. But, yeah, I challenged them. I double-dog dared them to show me where I was wrong. Nobody can show me where I was wrong. Uh, they can't. That, that other side, and uh, I told Bruce this earlier. You know this about me. I don't consider myself a Republican or conservative. I'm independent. Uh I don't no longer follow one side or the other. I follow what's right for me and my family. It just so happens that, uh, you know, sometimes, or for the most of the time, I lean more to the right now, uh, which I, I used to lean way more right. But uh, I thought a lot of people on both sides were such snakes in the grass. And after meeting some good people like you, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit more faith in one side, or at least the, the ones that I've met. And, um... That one side, the left, they're real bad about just because I said so and not having the facts to back it up. So when somebody like you actually throws some knowledge their way, they tend to shut the hell up. Well, it's it's the establishment versus us. Yeah. Good versus evil. Right versus wrong. And we have people that identify as a Democrat that are in the middle that will vote for me because I'm a normal person. And I've tried to tell them we don't have our identity in the Republican Party or the Democrat Party. Our identity should be in Jesus. And we should know who we are, like you said, based on what's best for our family. You know, if you're sitting at home looking to have children so you can draw a check from the government and you get offended if you can't go into the ER when you have a cold and get it paid for for free and you're tearing down our country, then you're probably not representing my values and, and have this entitlement mindset. So I hate that entitlement mindset and the Democrat Party wants that mindset in people and they try to get people with that mindset to believe every other insane thing they believe like you know you can have a baby in a menstrual cycle if you have a penis which is completely you know insane but that's what they want them to believe so they can buy into this whole propaganda issue and then they can control them they can control their vote when in reality most people just want to be left alone and raise their families and be free yeah uh, I think I, I make the joke all the time. Uh, you know, you you might not think it's funny because you obviously aren't as extreme living as I am. I'm a lot wilder than you are, <laughs> but I want to be able to blow up the stuff. I want to be able to blow up if I want to put whatever substance in my body. As long as I'm not hurting anybody, I want to be able to. Uh, I think that my friends, uh, regardless of their sexual orientation, be able to marry who they want to. Um, I just want everybody to be able to be happy. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I have gay friends I love dearly and I would hurt somebody over them. You know, I don't, what they do in their bedroom is their business. I'm not going to talk about my sex life with them. You know, 
I just don't want perversion of any kind. I don't care if it's straight sex, gay sex, any sex. Talk to children in elementary school and middle school. That shouldn't be happening. Absolutely. That's not the purpose of public education. And so I'm a very strong advocate that we have to stop that. We're stealing children's innocence. The Bible says you do it unto the children, you do it unto God. Yeah. It's not the time and place to talk about sexual perversion of any kind because if you're having premarital sex, that's sexual perversion. Yeah. See, the way you just explained that, though, is so much better than the way that a lot of old school Republicans explain it. Because a lot of them aren't going to go... Because they're judgmental. Yeah, they're going to say, I don't believe in same-sex marriage, and they're just going to leave it at that. The well, way- I don't believe in it. I'm straight, but... If you want to do it, that's your business. Yeah, but you know you're not going to condemn somebody no, for it, though. No, that's their... Bi- yeah. I, how can I condemn them when I might overeat? Or I might yeah. have said something about somebody equal. I shouldn't say. Yeah, all sins equal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like... But there's been people that I've heard and you've heard in the Republican Party um, that it's like if you go against one of those core values, it's like going against all of them. If I sit here and say that I'm cool with whoever getting married, it's like saying, well, all right, well, then I agree with everything else that you don't agree with. Like, it's, I don't, that's one reason why it's hard for me to, like, really go along with one whole side anymore. Well, you know, the Republican Party is full of elitists. They don't it represent is. any of a us. A lot of uppity people. And it's our party. It belongs to the people. It is yeah. the party of the people. It's the party that freed slaves. Yeah. It is the party of the people. But we've become this party of elitists that are establishment politicians, but they don't represent us either. And that's why I'm running. I'm running because I can. I can. And, and people will say, well, you don't have political experience or you don't have millions of dollars or whatever. I don't care. I am a Georgian. I've lived here all of my life. I pay taxes. I'm the age to qualify. And I'm running and I'm outworking everybody in this state because I'm a hard worker. I put 85,000 miles on my car since last January. And that's not including the miles on my bus and the miles on other vehicles that's driven me. And I outwork everybody because I love the people of Georgia and I want to be free. I don't think that it matters that you don't have any background in it. Um, whenever I, uh, Whenever you got me to come speak at the thing in Dalton last year, the point that I like, that I wanted to get across to folks that I like about you is the fact that whenever our governing system started in the first place, it was done by those who worked in the communities. It was done by those who actually had to live in the communities that knew how to, I guess, reign over the communities, what was best for it. You don't have that anymore. I think you you have to give do away with the career politicians. It really needs to be back to the teachers running the educational systems from top to bottom. Uh, somebody like you running so much of it because you, you've seen it firsthand as a, as an educator. Uh, our police running certain things. Our our military retired military running our welders. Things. Yeah, everybody. Our, our farmers. Our everything farmers. like that. Those should be the people. Um, Bruce is a, a perfect example along with you. The fact that you have a, a businessman who's going and trying to be labor commissioner, he knows how to run a business. He's what, an entrepreneur. What better person to run and fix the labor commission? And he's an alpha male. And I want to say yeah. that. I know we talked about this for a second before we got on here, but Bruce is an alpha male. He's a patriot. He loves Jesus. He is 
someone who will get in your face and argue you down and he will stand for what he stands and he don't care if you get mad or offended he doesn't care and i can respect bruce for that i want alpha men to stand up and run and not bow and cower to this good old boy system that's what i want to see in georgia but nobody in this in this governor's race is stepping up and representing the people and so just like god used esther and deborah I'm standing up and I'm going to do it and I'm going to clean house and I'm not going to be in my knee. And my husband said, you know, you're not a women empowerment person, but really you are stubborn and hard-headed and most women are. And when you mess with their families and their children, they will not be in their knee. You cannot move them off of it. And when I know what all is happening to our state, our elections being stolen, our children being manipulated and perverted, our prison system falling apart, people sitting in prison for 20 years for marijuana and a pedophile getting out in five years. It's ridiculous. I will not have it. Opioid crisis. We got more people dying from fentanyl than from COVID. We are in a mess in Georgia, and nobody wants to talk about it. Illegal criminals coming across our state lines, raping our children, stealing they're homeless they're vandalizing and they're here we have more illegal criminals in georgia than they have in arizona at the border yeah uh i'll never understand our judicial our judicial system here it fucking makes no sense to me whatsoever it pisses me off to be honest with you that you do have someone for weed and you have a pedophile we had um some girls in here not long ago and um, they were sharing their story, like uh, they they work with the GBI and everything now. But they were sex trafficked, and like they go into detail of the stuff and all this kind of stuff, and like their abuser did almost no time. Mm-hmm. And it's how in the hell does an abuser do almost no time? But then you get somebody that that did just a little crime, a little crime, a drug crime. A non-violent drug crime. And then you kind of look at it and you're like, it almost, and to somebody like me, it's like, you know what? One of them, the government's almost like saying, you took money out of my pocket. Big Pharma. Yeah, Big Pharma. That's what it looks like. We have 700,000 vets in Georgia, Josh. I don't know if you realize that, but we have more vets in our state than anywhere else. They suffer from PTSD. They have um, issues, you know, keeping a job because because of the PTSD. And we know marijuana helps with that. Yeah. We know, and I mean, I'm not talking about rolling up a blunt or, or smoking a joint. I've never even tried smoking a cigarette. Okay, I don't, I don't, do not want legalized of marijuana. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying you is, if you get to be governor, you have to. Well, I, I am for medical marijuana. <laughs> don't get me wrong, and that's where I'm going with this. I don't want people using rec- recreational marijuana and being stoned out all day. That is not my motivation right here. My motivation is, you can take it by oil, by capsule, yeah. whatever. I'm not talking about smoking a blunt. I'm talking about it resetting your system in your body that helps you regulate itself it helps opiate addicts come off of opiates it has kids that have seizures it helps them not have seizures anymore there's so many medicinal medicinal purposes for it but that's the point big pharma don't want it because it's going to hurt their industry and that's ridiculous we have something that safe this much, much research on it and we can't use it in georgia but yet they passed a law where you can have dat pens that have marijuana in them, but the synthetics they're mis- mixing with it, no regulation, is causing seizures and kids to die. Yeah, the the Delta Eight pens and everything. Yeah, they're almost they're almost the same. It's it's a different high. It's a different high. They need to just let the the actual natural stuff be legal. Uh, 
But and also too, I get that. Uh, let me let me say this to you: that if they were to make it legal in Georgia, okay, I would never drink again. That is so much better for your mental health. Everything else. Every time I go through one of my depression spells, uh, dealing my depression and anxiety, uh, drinking's horrible for it. It makes my depression and anxiety worse. But you know what? makes me happy what takes that away from me is when someone has a real thc pin around me it there's so many positive things to it and i get where some people's like yeah i don't want you to be stay around and stoned all day that's not what people do with it now you of course you're gonna have people that abuse the hell out of it but people abuse the hell out of mcdonald's Right. Well, I have I have millionaires I know all over the state of Georgia that that smoke pot. Yeah. And they're millionaires. They're very wealthy. They're very yeah. affluent in business. You know, and and I, and they've talked to me about this because my brother's a drug addict. You know, he's yeah. in prison. Is opioid. You know, opioid yeah. addict. But I, you know, I know he started with marijuana, and it's been bre- it's been preached and, and put in our head that it is the gateway drug. It's they say not gateway, even gateway. Close. But that was all statistics pushed By for a big an agenda. Pharma. To get it illegal. And so I'm not saying I want it legalized. Yeah. Do not misunderstand me because people will twist my words. Yeah. But I'm saying there are there are so many benefits behind it in the situation we're in with prison reform, with the opioid crisis, with PTSD and the number of vets we have in Georgia. There's so many benefits from it that I just, I want to see a medical marijuana program come into Georgia and take care of things, which Big Pharma is going to hate. They're going to hate me for saying it. But you would have, you would be able to get it, Josh, because you have PTSD. You have severe depression. You have where you could go to your doctor, then write you a prescription for this, and you could use it to get rid of your issues. That's what it would be for. And so as I have a PhD in counseling, I mean, I don't, I would never use it ever in my life. I don't need it. But there are people that have had trauma. There are people that have had issues that it works for. I hate you say that you never would. You, 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 I'm telling you, you'd be the coolest <laughs> governor ever. You'd be the coolest governor ever. I'm real controlling. I've never smoked a cigarette. My daddy, you know, was alcoholic for a period of time. My brother's a drug addict. I'm very weird about anything that alters my mood or alters my state. You know, I won't take you know, anti-anxiety medicine or antidepressants. And I just, you know, I went through a divorce and the doctor tried to give me antidepressants. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not taking that. I just, you know, I love Jesus. I try to just rely on him. You know, if I was in a real traumatic situation and I needed it to function in life, you know, you know what I mean? You know, Jesus made weed. Well, you know. Jesus Jesus made the herb. Well. I mean, it's just here for a reason. The good Lord put it here for to help us with our stuff. You sound like my buddy CanCon. That's all I'm saying. Like, if it if it's natural, then it had to come from God. I do think that it has been very um, dramatized. And, and I've been researching. I've actually taught you would be proud of me. I talked to a guy in Oklahoma that helped their medical marijuana program. And he is the guru researcher for the whole country i mean he knows everything about it and what it does to your body and you'd like to talk to him Um, but anyway he's been helping me just researching for the medical marijuana program and figure out how georgia can do this in a safe way but a way that's effective for our people i'll tell you one that you need to look into um as far as uh when you get to be governor uh is um we've got vets that uh we've recently had on the show a guy named mr jason he works he works for SpaceX. 
Wow. Um, we got hooked up with him through Mission 22. And um, he is taking uh, ketamine treatments through the VA in California. Ketamine uh, is, uh, in small doses, is refiring synapses in the brain. That's right. And it is where for forever, um, they would give you opioids or whatever, saying those things that happen to you that cause PTSD and other traumas that you'll never get back. There's finding out now that with the right hallucinogenics in very small doses, you're getting back stuff to where you're actually getting brain function back. And they didn't want you to know that forever. These doctors and stuff with Big Pharma and everything for the longest time have known that eventually they was going to come. And, you know, I'm going to need our vets. I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm going to do a state guard in Georgia that's going to handle elections and it's going to handle big rights in cities that are not safe and the crime in cities and it's going to handle legal immigration and it's going to handle all kind of things that we need a state guard for. Do we not have a state guard? Isn't that the well, National Guard? No, the National Guard is different and you can pull them when you need to, okay. but it's different. DeSantis talked about a state guard in Florida and when he said it, it sparked my interest and I started researching it and I definitely think we need it. Our crimes, you know, we have more people killed in Atlanta than they have in Chicago. Like our crime rate is so up in our big cities and we're in Georgia. We live in the Bible Belt. We are conservatives. Why do we have all this crime in our big cities? It's not just Atlanta, Savannah, Augusta, Albany, Columbus. We're sending it everywhere. And so we have to do something about that. We can't just sit by and act like it's not happening. It's happening. So I think a state guard is very necessary. They're short-staffed. You know, all law enforcement is, is short-staffed. They can't find people to work. They're not respected. I've asked law enforcement all over the state, is it because it's money? And they're like, no, it's not money. It's the respect. We, we're treated like we're nothing. And they're out there risking their life every single day. I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to do it either. And so we've got to teach our kids from a young age they're there to keep you safe. We gotta teach our law enforcement how to handle different cultures and how they may respond and fear to the you know the situation arises and they have to intervene. And there's many things we can do to to help you know build that rapport back and little kids to start saying I want to be a police officer because that's what we wanted to be growing up. You know you want to yeah. be you know you look up to them. But I think a state guard is necessary in Georgia and we have so many vets that can't function because of the PTSD and what's been done to them, we have to do whatever we have to do to get them back in society working. They are the ones that are trained. They know better than anybody how to handle hostile situations and are willing to put their life on the line. They already have. And so I want to see some rehabilitation there. That's my top priority. I say I like that. I've always thought that even the vets that have uh, trauma and have some mental health issues, I've always thought they are probably, if they've been vetted enough, are the best ones that you hire to be like the resource officers at school. Yeah, they would be. I think because it gives them a purpose. Yes. Protecting those kids. I don't think you ever have a school shooting again. <laughs> I don't, because I don't think there's a, I, they've already been trying to recognize every little situational yeah, awareness yes. is keen. Yeah, because that's one thing that uh, I've, I've researched and you've, you hear it so much. Our police officers, because everything's so underfunded that's anyway, right. that if you hear from somebody like a Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL will tell you that if they were a police officer, that they should be in training. I think the one, the guy named Jocko that I listened to, who's a SEAL, 
that you should be in training 60% of the time. There's no way for you to be a police officer and be in training 60% of the time. You should always be learning something new because when you're in the military and you're doing the job that you're doing and you're actually like a, constantly going on missions, you have to always be learning something new because there's always a new threat. There's always a new way to, to, for the threat to present itself. And it keeps you alert yeah. and, and, and acute. Yeah, and you're not ever going to get that. So if you had these vets that have already learned a bunch of this stuff and you could interchange them out to where they could get training and stuff, they never get a school shooting again or whatever, but then you're going to get all these crybabies that you got a vet that has maybe some issues or whatever to school with a with a gun or whatever, but there's not going to be a kid that shows up in a trench coat or whatever at another school. Well, they're taught how to disarm you without no, a Oh, yeah. And I can tell you, I do a lot. I have a lot of security that goes with me to big events, and I have a couple Marines that help me. And I promise you, there ain't nothing like having them, just their whole body language. Oh, absolutely. They, they know. And, I mean, I have some Army guys. I had an Army Ranger that helps me, and he's just as good as the Marines. But they know their situation and what's around them, and they watching every single thing. And it's, um, it's interesting. I well, mean, it, it is. Well, once you've been to real combat, yeah, like, you, you know what to look for. Like, you... Somebody moving the wrong way or hand on your hip or whatever. Well, it's back to those synapses. Yeah. And that's why they get desensitized and the synapses get rewired and all that stuff happens. It's because of the high trauma and the cortisol dump that happens in your brain. You know, my PhD in counseling, you're saying all this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, but I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh, Josh, nice. So, but all that stuff that happens, it rewires your brain and affects you and it affects how you handle situations later. So they're able to stay calm and desensitized because of what they've been through, which is really good in a crisis situation. Yeah. See, that's, that's something I really want with our police force, too. I think that is what, unfortunately, has caused so much mistrust with our police force. Is I don't really think it's the police officer's fault in 99% of the cases when a mistake's been made. I think it's the lack of training. Yeah, and trauma and, and not yeah. knowing how to respond. And I'm going to tell you something else, Josh. If you have a problem where you have a hostile takedown, and that has happened multiple times, and you've had no kind of training or counseling, anything to help see why and what would you do next time, a simulation, right? And then you're put right back out there, do the same thing again, it's going to happen again and maybe worse. And that's what we've seen in many situations that happen. People just don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond. Well, it's people don't put themselves a lot of time in, into this situation. If... You, at some point in time, if it comes down to where somebody looks like they're pulling a firearm and you know that you've got about a second to react, you could die that next second. Mm -hmm. You have to react right then. If you don't react right then, you might not go home. And unless you know exactly what to look for and you fire, not, I'm talk, not your not your firearm, but that synapse right then to know exactly what you're looking for. That's training that that it takes forever to get. The state of Georgia doesn't doesn't have the opportunity because we don't have enough officers, we don't have enough time or whatever. And thank the Lord we're all armed, right? Thank the Lord yeah. for constitutional carry. Yeah. That Bruce helped get pushed yeah. through. So, you know, I have my pistol right here and I've only had to pull it out a couple of times where I was watching people and I felt like I need to pull my gun out. I had, had to cock it, so I've not been in that kind of situation. But I had it pulled out ready to go. 
And, you know, I think because we're an armed populace, and I have pushback on this from people that are for gun control, and I tell them hurt people hurt people. If someone wants to hurt you, they're going to get a bomb. They're going to make a gun. You can print them on 3D printers now. They're going to get a knife. They're going to do whatever they want to do to hurt you. Crazy people do things that are crazy. But because we're armed, we're free. We're free in Georgia because we have the right to bear arms. Even another country, they're not just going to come over here. They might send a nuke, but they're not just going to come over here in Georgia because they know what's going to happen in Georgia if they come and try to evade our country. I got into almost, this is the most heated conversation I've ever had in this studio. Oh, Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm very, very level-headed unless you're just ignorant to the point to where it's whatever. There was a teacher in here. Oh, Lord. A male teacher that was in here. His brother is a police officer. They couldn't be more polar opposite. And he was sitting here, and I made the joke. It was not, it was a joke, but you'll, you, you'll see through it. I said that all babies ought to have guns. Like playing about it. That's the only way, if everybody has a firearm, nobody acts up. And it's it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke, but I can see. And he he was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then we we got got into a little bit more. And uh, started talking and talking and talking. And and I I had to explain to him. I was like, you realize that if I wanted to right now, me being bigger, me being stronger than you if you didn't you obviously don't have a gun because you don't believe in them i could come over right now i could take your phone i could take your wallet i could take your keys i could take your life right now there's nothing you could do about it and he was like well if you had a gun you could do it too i was like no i could do it with my hands I could literally hurt you to the point to where you're you're done. You're right. I I was like, but if you had a firearm, you could stop me. And he was like, well, if I had a knife, you could stop me. And I was like, no. If you had a knife, I I could pick up a chair. A gun's the only thing that's going to stop me. You ever heard the old quote that uh, God made us, God made us all, uh, God made us all the same, but Sam Colt made us all equal? I think that's the quote. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And he, this dude's just a, an idiot. So he keeps going on with me or whatever. And he was like, well, if you, uh, if, if you wanted to kill me, you would kill me regardless. And I was like, if you have a firearm, you can prevent me from harming you. He couldn't get it. And he just... It he didn't fit in his brainwashed yeah, box. He did not understand that if you have something that you can protect yourself with, you can stop the threat. That is the only reason why the Second Amendment is so important. And it's second, right? First Amendment is our right to worship Jesus or whoever you worship. Yeah. And your right to free speech. Yeah. And the Second Amendment is your right to bear arms. Yeah. That's why it's not seventh. It's that yeah. important. Yeah. And there was a Bible scholar told me this other day, Josh, because I was talking about the gun control thing and people arguing with me. And he said, you know... He said they, they kept saying to me about the Jesus guns and babies. Yeah. Like, how would, is Jesus proud of you? I mean, Jesus having a gun. I mean, you sh- that's blasphemy. I mean, I can't believe you're saying that. And so I'm like, and you know, I know in my heart 
the Constitution's inspired word of God. It's inspired from freedom that's in the Bible. Anyway, this Bible scholar said, you know, Candace, it is in the, in, in, I'm not sure which book it's in. Y'all have to go look it up. But Jesus says that if you don't have a sword, it's better to sell your clothes, your coat, and buy a sword. Yeah. He meant you need to defend yourself. David had a slingshot. Right. Yeah. The only difference is, is technology. Right. When you have an enemy that's bigger than you, you have to be able to equalize the situation. Guns are important. Hunting to, to, to provide food and whatever for your family. But it's not so you can... Too many of these people on the left think, oh, we just all want to go out and blow up shit. No, it's in case a threat comes at me. And, and I, it's I want also, to protect Josh, myself. against a tyrannical government. Yeah. So I have a U.S. Senate candidate, not Herschel, a U.S. Senate candidate that was speaking. Herschel. <laughs> and, and the Senate candidate said, you know, Candace said what she said about safety and keeping herself safe. But she talked about a tyrannical government. You know, we had the Second Amendment to keep us safe. I said, no, it's for safety and to protect us from a tyrannical government. Don't misunderstand that. Our government is of, by, and for the people. We run things. This is our government. It belongs to us. It's not the Republican Party. It's not the Democrat Party. It is we, the people. We run this show. And the minute we don't run this show, we're not free. Yeah. The minute we don't run this show, we're not a constitutional republic. We are a constitutional republic because when our leaders, doesn't matter if they're Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, when they go and they swear to uphold the Constitution of Georgia, they, they swear to God to uphold every single word. Now, if they don't do that and they don't do the will of the people and they're involved in malfeasance and they don't do what the Constitution says and we don't hold them accountable to it, the Constitution's not as good as the paper it's written on or what they swore to uphold. But if we hold their feet to the fire and we hold them accountable to it, the Constitution's real. The Lord told me the Constitution's as real as we say it is because I was so frustrated when we couldn't get an audit, we couldn't decide what really happened in 2020. It ain't about Donald Trump. It's about our constitutional republic being fair and legal, and it's not losing our country. That's what it's about. And I just was so like, you know, was there cheating? Was there not? I don't know for sure. I know I've seen tabulator tapes. I know I've seen video, but we need an investigation. Why won't they do it? I'm so frustrated. And I prayed. I said, Lord, I ain't running no more. Why would I run? This is ridiculous. The Constitution is not real. People don't even care. And the Holy Spirit said it's as real as the people say it is. So I'm telling you, the Constitution, your freedom is as real as you say it is. If you don't think it's real and you don't want to fight for it, you'll lose it. Nobody's coming on a white horse. Nobody's coming to rescue us. Donald Trump's not coming back to rescue us. This is our government. He's not even running again. Whether he does or yeah, not. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't want him to run again. I think if he. I think even if he does run again, it just causes more havoc than it does whatever. But I know. What I, I love what you're saying because I 100 percent agree with you. I, I. I do. I think that. Too many people have got it in their head what happened last January. At the White House, that's not what all this is about. No, uh, it, that that was a. I don't think anybody that is a good, a good American. I'm not even going to say a good, you know, right or left. That was that was too much. I think everybody agrees that it was a good American. That was too much. But we have to at some point in time 
have to say that we're too divided. Somebody like you, um, and then folks, it's even, I'm just going to say, just me, that have decided that we have to start bringing folks back together yes. and working towards what's best instead of this dividing mess. We're right. not going to ever agree on everything. Yeah, we're not going to, but we're not. And that's okay. Yeah, we ha but in my mind, democracy isn't left, it's not right. It's finding what the common ground to where it works for everybody. Sometimes, the, I told you this a long time ago, whenever, uh, it was after one of the events I went to with you, um, one of the things I believe in is it's not compromising in your beliefs, but sometimes you might have to swallow just a little bit if you end up getting what you want in the end. Like if you end up having to take a little bit less than what you want to take, if it ends up working out better for the collective group. Just like marijuana. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to legalize marijuana. Yeah. I personally would never use it. I don't yeah. want anybody to use it. But I have common sense. Yeah. I know what the research shows. I know 70% of people are okay with it being legalized because yeah. they know the benefits of it. So we have to use common sense. It may not be what I want personally, but if I'm running to be the governor of Georgia, it's not my seat. It's not me. There's a dictator telling everybody what to do. The seat belongs to the people of Georgia. So they get to decide if she the best person to represent me, if she is, is she going to listen to us? Is she actually going to listen? Because when we talked about this a year ago, I was like, heck no, I would never even think of that. And then since that point, I have had so many people talk to me in Georgia about the benefits. And all. so I started researching. I started being open-minded. We have to represent our constituents. Yeah. That's the problem. People get in there and they think it's their power. The power belongs to the people. And it came from God. He's the one that gave us the power. And so we cannot keep letting these people stay in office who think it's a monarchy and they think it's a dictatorship and they think the power belongs to them. They're like, it's like a drug addiction for them. They're so obsessed with the power. That they are doing, they'll kill for it. They'll do anything for it. They're obsessed. We've got to get those people out because they're never going to be a public servant. They're never going to bend their knee to our will, which is what they have to do. They're supposed to be a public servant and a trustee of the people. We don't trust them, and they sure are not serving us. And they got to go. They can't stay. And that's on both sides of the aisle. And you're exactly right, Josh. This is not... A Republican Democrat issue we have to come together with common sense and make hard decisions the only thing we can't compromise on is the Constitution because if we compromise the Constitution then we lose our freedom so you keep the Constitution intact then you look at social issues and you look at other issues and you do it for the betterment of the state but there's certain things like our right to vote being fair and legal and secure that we have to have I don't care who wins red blue purple green if it's what the people want and it's fair and legal, that is what makes us America. I agree with you. Um, except if uh, Stacey Abrams wins, my ass is leaving Georgia. She's never going to win. Uh, I hope like hell she doesn't. Um, fair legal votes in Georgia. Georgia's very conservative. Yeah, it's They've been to jacking be. with it for eight years, 18 years. Well. I think that it's going to be under such scrutiny this time anyway. I don't. They're going to be scared to cheat. That's yeah. what that, I'm telling you. That's, I, I believe think so that. Too. I Have think you so heard too. about that 2,000 Mules movie coming out? 2,000 Mules movie? Yeah. Uh, what is so that? So it's coming out next week, premiere, and then the next week it'll be out for the whole country. It's it's my friend Dinesh D'Souza. He went and researched and had all this 
footage, I mean, thousands of hours of footage from all the cams that were around these ballot drop boxes and has it massively set on Georgia. He does the whole country, but you can see paid mules. They went and they ha harvested ballots and they dropped them in drop boxes 1 a.m., 1 a.m., middle of the night, and multiple ballots at one time. And those were the ones that were used to be scanned. And so us little people go in and vote one time, but we have a mule dropping off 50 ballots at a time. And they made thousands of dollars, made money, like, I don't know, $25 a ballot or something like that to drop into the drop boxes. And that's how they hijacked our election. And anyway, that's coming out. Yesterday, Brad Raffensperger was served um, to release the ballots. Certain Secretary ballots. of State, right? Mm -hmm. Secretary of State. He was served yesterday about some ballots from 2020. It was served yesterday, first time we've seen that done, and, and it was subpoena. And so we're seeing things come out still, and people was like, you know, why are you still t stuck on 2020, and you're all about Donald Trump? It has nothing to do with him. Zero. This is about our constitutional republic and our votes being fair and legal. You know, Stacey Abrams came up in 18 and said that Brian Kemp cheated. And all this, we got to know. We can't every single election cycle have people saying they cheated, they cheated. We need to know it's a simple accounting procedure. You know that the ballots are on watermark ballots. You know that they're authentic. You count them. It's checks and balances. There's this person can look behind you. You count. We recount. It's easy. It's not hard. It's easy to do. They don't want to do it. Yeah, well, I think I think from I, I said this to Bruce earlier today. You happen to be more on so on the inside. Uh, Bruce is obviously on the inside. Uh, a lot of us don't understand everything, and some stuff needs to be more layman. It needs to be more layman. The fact that our election process isn't the most layman thing there is when it comes to it, it doesn't make sense. It's complicated so they can cheat. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's it what, should be so yeah. simple. It should be one vote is one vote. That's right. It. It one should, plus one yeah. plus one plus yeah. one is four. Yeah, it, I even get. I don't like the electoral college. I don't like that. I get that. I even understand why they say, "Hey, you know, there's more people in a certain area, so that state gets more electoral." It's stupid to me. It's stupid to me. I think that it should be the popular vote or whatever it is is the person who who wins whatever. And the fact that... Unless you dump in 500,000 ballots and that changes the whole country because one state yeah. is so weak and corrupt, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is what we saw happen in 2020. Yeah. Then popular vote is not a good thing. Yeah. I but just, you're right. If it yeah. was fair legal, yes. Then, yeah. That's why I just... There's so much of it to where now... Um, the reason why I've got so much more into... I don't... I cannot tell you the last time I looked at the news channel. I don't know what Biden's done. I don't even know if he's still alive, to be real with you. I, I You just know the gas price is going up. I know. That's that's it. I have not paid him a single bit of attention and it's been it's been liberating. But at the same time, like I said, last year at some point in time, only thing I was gonna pay attention to was Georgia. That was it. I was gonna pay attention to my community. And I was going to pay attention to the people that was running in Georgia. The things that I could actually touch, the things I could actually see. Um, and outside of that, I don't care. And it has been peaceful. It is. It has for 
it's been great. And it is obvious that the other stuff that I thought for the longest time that I actually cared about or that it cared about me, more importantly, it doesn't. It doesn't. But the fact that all that stuff is just so complicated. This is so tied up. And uh, even the bills. Yeah, like BDMs, ballot marking devices, touch yeah. screens. Um, if we have AD, ADDs go in, which is the disabilities, and they go in, they vote on the ballot marking devices. Or if we go to the, the suggested default voting, it's actually paper. They scan to a different scanner. Or, But you can't do that. we got to vote on the BDMs, which really are only supposed to be for the ADDs because they want to go in. Is there an algorithm? Is it going to cheat? Then you've got to do the adjudication process, and then you've got drop boxes with no chain of custody. And Do you hear all these words? I know more about elections than I yeah. ever thought I would know and wanted to know. It should not be that way. We should go in, verify our ID, get our ballot, mark our people, and give it to them. You, you That's remember, it. You remember those phones that they used to advertise for the old people? I think they call it the June bugs or whatever it was. Yeah. They're just big-ass phones <laughs> that just was the simplest thing you could look at. It just had the numbers on it for the old blind people because they couldn't see nothing else. <laughs> That's what a voting machine ought to look like. Yeah. It ought to look like the or what was the the, the game that used to play Atari the Atari or the another no, Bop It game to where oh, it had yeah, the, yeah, it had yeah. the four the colors it, the, the twist it yeah and where the it, it yeah it had the four things that you hit the four colors and it would light up. That's what a voting thing ought to be. That's how simple it ought to be. Candace Taylor ought to be right here, big, huge, big as your hand. I ought to be able to walk in there. I ought to hit that button. Red, like her red lipstick. Red, right there. I'm voting for you. Yeah. That ought to be how easy it is. I ought to not be confused. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, I mean, it really is. It is on purpose. It's purposeful. Yeah. And it's got to stop. And it's going to stop. They're going to be scared. Let me tell you something. The Constitution says treason, treason, which is trying to overthrow the government, and that's through a federal election, state election. What is the consequence in the Constitution? It's a death. By what? Is it firing? Firing squad. It's firing squad, yeah. We didn't write it, did we, Josh? No. But no. I made Rachel Maddow for saying that right there at the Capitol. I said, you know, we've had people commit treason. There's been no accountability. And the Constitution says death by firing squad. I didn't write it, yeah. right? But I'm outrageous for saying it. Why? Because we have, we're, we're all weak. Yeah. We're all soft. Oh, well, we can't say that. That'll offend somebody. Well, we don't want it. We want to be politically correct. We got to stop all that. But who gives it? See, I have a huge problem with that. I like I want to be eventually, eventually, I want to sit in front of them because the point I want to make to them is they don't call it weak when they do it to people. No. Nice. They call it them empowering people. I give them credit when they light a fire under somebody's butt that drives change. I also give you credit when you light a fire under somebody and you drive change. Mm -hmm. But what they don't understand is they call us weak mm -hmm. when we do it because mm -hmm. we oppose them. Mm -hmm. I don't think that everything they do is wrong. But they literally think everything that we do is wrong. I want everybody to have free speech. Even when yeah. it's outrageous and it doesn't make sense, that's their right to have free speech. I just wish people wouldn't be brainwashed by mainstream yeah. media because it's really scary. Because mainstream media tells you what they want you to hear and what they want, what narrative. And you can go and watch, even watch Hollywood movies. 
You will see things that are said in movies, and five years later, it's happening. If you go back and you watch movies for two or three years before COVID, they're talking about a pandemic. They're talking about a virus. They're talking about lockdowns. I, I, think, I think a bunch of that's. I think a bunch of that's coincidence. I think that's good but, writing. But it happens all the time. I'm just using that as an yeah, example. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I but I'm saying. saying God knows what's coming. Yeah. People get creative ideas and intuition. But I'm saying to you, the media controls so much of what we believe. It gets planted in our heads, and we believe it. And that's what I'm saying about being politically correct and not standing up for what you really believe in because you don't want to offend anybody. Well, I, I, I agree 100% with you. I'm one of those, I don't care if I offend you. Well, you don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah, but I don't understand why, because that person that you're offending, they don't care if they offend you. Right, and I it's their issue, not yeah, yours. Yeah, that's that's a them problem. That ain't that ain't a me problem. Mm-hmm. A- anybody, I learned this from veterans. I learned this from the veterans we worked with from back in the day when before I ever worked in radio. Um, for me standing up for my stuff on Snapchat when I was bearded bastard and everything else before radio hired me and they hired me because of these reasons. And One they fired the, you because of it. Yeah, same thing. One of the best lessons I'd ever learned in this life is I had a vet tell me one day that whenever uh, NFL was like one of the things with the kneeling for the flag or whatever, uh, I had said something one day about, I just can't believe these, these folks are doing it or whatever. And this guy reached out to me that served this country. And he's like, you can't get upset about it. And I was, and I was just shocked. This, this Marine was like, you can't get upset about it. I was just blown away by it. I was like, you you served. Why, how can you say that? And he said, look, I did not serve this country just for you have the right for you to express yourself. I serve this country so everybody has the right to express themselves. If that's how they feel their need to express their right of free speech, go ahead. Let them. Allow them to. Well, they are allowed to, and that's why they haven't been arrested for doing it. But at the same time, what I'm going to say to that is it shows the state of our country. It it does. It shows the emotional state that we would even do that. Because, you know, when I was a little girl, that was unheard of. You would not kneel for the flag. Oh, I agree with you. I would never do it. It shows the state of people, and they're hurt, and they are being brainwashed by the media. I'm serious. And it's the division that's caused and racial division and, and social class division and anything they can do. But the enemy always comes to divide and conquer. Yeah. If he can divide us, he has us. Yeah. And that is why I want people to feel passionate about being free. If yeah. you want to be free to speak your mind, whether it's liberal or conservative, if you want to be free to live in your house or to take a tow to gun or not tow to gun, if you want freedom then you have to understand that being totally divided from everybody else and out there left wing or right wing, you're going to lose. Well, I, I agree with you. This The point I was trying to make that is you can't pick and choose free speech. Right. Like, you, you can't. And but I get what you're saying you, about that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't. There's too many people that do. They think that their freedom of speech is more valuable than somebody else's, that their actions – and them saying whatever they want to is more important than somebody else doing it. It's not. If you are going to, if I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say, I don't care if I offend somebody because I'm going to say what I'm passionate about. I'm going to say what I believe in. I'm not going to be politically correct. I have to be where if I see somebody else doing the same thing, 
as long as they're not physically harming someone, I have to sit here and take it. I ha- I have to. You know, when I see that people are hurt and they feel oppressed or they feel like the country's failed them, I feel like that right now, but I would never take a knee because it's not about Joe Biden. It's about America, and we're in the greatest nation that's ever been. And when I see especially millionaire athletes who the only reason why they're millionaires is their athleticism. It's not intelligence. It's not hard work through working a job. It's doing something they love because they were gifted in athleticism. And they take a knee in a country that's the only reason why they'd even have 1% of the money they have. They take a knee and they're the role models for all of our children. It disgusts me. And I can never be okay with that because I know what children do when they look up to athletes and they want to be like them. And they are truly the definition of the epitome of the American dream. See, that's where I got to disagree with you. I think that I think I think they have to. I don't like them kneeling. Don't get me wrong. I do not like them kneeling for the national anthem at all. I do not agree with that. But I think they're on the biggest stage to where they ought to stand up for what they what they don't what they believe in. Like um, one of the guys I absolutely love of all time. I think he's just one of the greatest. Is uh, it's Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was so passionate about not believing in uh, Vietnam that he threw away his boxing career for three years or however long it was. He ended up missing out on his prime because he was he he had been so oppressed and everything from how he was treated growing up as African American in this country. Um, with just everything he had seen to where he was willing to give up everything that he had earned for change kareem abdul jabbar same thing that there he he gave up on the olympics and he was willing to give up on millions of dollars um now you get assholes that come along with now you got whatever his name colin kaepernick colin kaepernick is the example of the opposite side of that colin kaepernick was never oppressed he grew up with a, a white family, but then he wants to play the race card. He's never been through a bad day. Like, there's there's always the, the bad side of it. But you got to understand when you say that, there are a lot of these athletes, especially that are from inner cities, that grew up, and they grew up with police brutality, with racism. If they don't take a stand and try to make a change on the biggest stage in the world, and they're willing to risk it all, then they're not being an example. But well, kneel, but, kneel, but kneeling for the flag, I don't agree with. Let me make it clear, I don't. But if they don't do it, then who is going to? But that's not the place to do it. Yeah, kneeling the, for the flag is not, in my opinion, it's not. It's not. There's way better so, places to do right, it. Right, so you do that advocacy with your public forum and you advocate and you go into the inner city and you take back the city and you give creative ideas and you use that energy and that hurt and you help your community. Yeah, but kneeling for that. the flag for the country that is the reason why you're able to have risen above that place and be that multimillionaire and have the true epitome of the American dream, it blows my mind in the hypocrisy of it. I get that too, but let me ask you this. Just playing devil's advocate, even though I do not agree, I do not agree with kneeling for the flag. I'll say it again before I say this statement for anybody that comes after my ass. 
a lot of athletes for a long time have been doing just what you said, reaching out to the community, all this other stuff. We weren't talking about any of this stuff back then. We're talking about it because they were kneeling for the flag. Well, I'll just tell you, in Georgia, it ain't helped. I mean, our, it, I mean, our, crime, our crime is through the roof. Yeah. That they haven't, they're kneeling for the flag has done nothing yeah. for the Peach State. Uh, there's a guy in Atlanta. I don't know if he's a Stacey Abrams guy or if he's more of a of, of your side of guy. His name's Killer Mike. Um, he, he's a rapper, but he's an educated as hell. He is. I think my son, told, my seventeen year old, told me about he, him. Want me to reach out to him? He is. When I say, have you met him? Uh, uh-uh, I, I want to. Like he is. Some, well, let's go have a sit down. He with is, Killer Mike. We need to have a sit down. He is someone that I would love to pick his brain. He is one of the most informative genius he whenever the riots were in atlanta over george floyd he's one of the ones who literally told atlanta to sit their ass down that burning our community down was not what to do and he literally is quoting people he he is he put candace owens in her place but but in a good way like he puts candace owens in her place and he also because another rapper was kind of like calling our Uncle Tom on stage at the same time. He put him in his place for calling her that. So he's he's very much like me. I would say he's probably more down the middle. Um, and uh, he is one of those. I don't think he would ever kneel for the flag. Maybe I might be wrong in assuming that or whatever. But he is uh, he is somebody who puts that money back in the community and stuff like that. And has made a lot of money in his life off of what he does. And uh, I just would like to see these men and women come and help these these children to have role models. Yeah. You know? That's really. what I was getting to. That's, that's yeah, a positive. That's what he yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I think my son told me about him because he's in Atlanta and he was saying, Mama, you should meet him. He's conservative. So something he said made my son feel like he was a conservative. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if he's conservative. Well, he must have said something about I think, but patriotism I th- or something. But, oh, no. He's, he's someone that's believes in his community he's someone that i know that believes in his community and wants what's best for atlanta and for georgia um but uh no that's just everybody's got a difference of a, a, a opinion on that and like i don't yeah. i don't knock i don't knock people you know that 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 see it that way and i love that you know you're, you're open and i don't want to be arrested yeah. <laughs> you know i don't want them i just I want Americans, and especially Georgians, I want us to be proud of where we live and who we are. Yeah. We have the most beautiful state in the Union, and we have so much to be proud of. And I want the crime to stop, and I want the illegals to quit flooding here and using our resources and us just allowing it, and they're raping our children. I just want what's best for Georgia. Yeah, I know you do. And that's what is ever since the beginning since I met you. Um, and I, I'll tell you, I told you, uh, I think last time here, I just thought, I didn't know like where your momentum was going to go or whatever. And it has just been, I've been so delighted. I have been places in Georgia that I've seen Candace Taylor signs and I've been like, how the hell is there a Candace Taylor like, sign That's here? my girl. Why is yeah, her sign and here? I, and I've just been like, what? And like, it, it's been, it's been exciting to see. And, uh, because I'm normal and I've made it this far because of the people. Yeah. You know, we have over 2,000 volunteers. We're door knocking. We're sign waving. I had 10 groups sign waving last Saturday. I didn't organize any of them. Yeah. They're passionate. This is not a campaign. It's a movement. And it's not anything to do with me. 
It's not about me and, and my name. It is because the people of Georgia want somebody like them. They're so over this good old boy system and this system that's all about let's protect the big corporations and let's give them tax breaks. And, you know, we don't care about farmers or, you know, small business owners. They're an afterthought. Educators are an afterthought. We want to, you know, push on you what we think's best while you sit here and you just have to take it. The people are sick of that. They want someone to go in that's going to listen to them and care about them. You know, there's a ton of commissions and board seats that are all over this every spectrum of, of society, transportation and prisons and I mean, everything, medical. And I get to appoint people to those boards. And what happens when your governor most of the time, is you appoint the biggest donors, whoever gives you the most money. But I will not do that. I will appoint who's the expert in the field or who I feel like is going to go in there and make the best change. Is my, am I going to be like a media consultant? Yes. Yeah, boy, it's over with. GPTV is <laughs> all on me. Or, you know, the monument board. I'm not going to put somebody on there that wants to tear them down. I'm going to put a historian on there and people who understand history and someone who understands the memorialization of the of the statute and why we have it in certain places. You don't put people on boards that are divisive. You put the experts there that's going to actually care. You see, that that's one of those that you, you have to have someone that understands the good... And, the bad. and bad. Yep. I had, that's one of the ones that got me fired from radio. That's literally one of the ones that got me fired from radio. Uh, because I understand the good and the bad. I understand that 70% of the Confederate monuments in Georgia were built in the 1960s. I'm sure you're, you're being smart. For those who don't know and uh, that's listening, they were built in the 1960s because 100 years after the. Um, Civil War was a reminder to uh, black folks during Jim Crow how we used to own you. And uh, it was where those, as a reminder, kind of need to come down. But the ones that were built as a memorial. memorial after the Civil War, I don't have a problem with. Not at all. But folks have to understand. The ones, if the people that say it's heritage, the ones that were built as memorial or heritage. The ones that were built in the 60s are hate. Let the ones that are hate come down. Let the ones that were heritage stay up. But the other side has to understand that too. It's give and take to me. Well, and we have some, you know, I know there's one in my town where it's only been there, I mean, it hadn't been there long. I mean, maybe 20 years. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't built during Jim Crow. Yeah. It was built honoring two people from my county who were, you know, just founders there and yeah. that was what they developed this this county and so it had and they, they're not civil it's not a civil war monument but yeah. they look like they're in that era based on the clothing they're wearing and some people came down and was trying to ride around them at one point and i was like oh my gosh like that's a beautiful monument see i'm weird see i'm weird about it and i'm the reason i'm weird about it is because in all the things that i've done i've only received one death threat and everything I've done. Well, I've been receiving them every day. And it was from the Sons of Confederacy. It wasn't from a black man. It wasn't from a Mexican man. It was from people that looked just like me. And it was from when I said on country radio that I understand why NASCAR took down the Confederate flag. And I explained to them the why since the KKK adopted the Confederate flag, why it would always be a symbol of hate moving forward. 
If they would have never touched it, it would have been a completely fine flag. But once a, a group of hate gets a hold of something, that's all you'll ever see. A uh, whole other side will ever see. And since it doesn't mean anything to me, it doesn't mean heritage to me, it doesn't mean hate, you have to see both sides of the argument. And the fact that they called and you know threatened me and threatened where I couldn't come to work the next day and to and caused me some shit at work, it, it makes it to where it kind of backs up the stereotype. So I understand in a way, which they apologize, those people were very nice the next time they saw me. I think they was very riled up, and I appreciate the people that came up to me. They even told me they were the ones that called. Uh, they, they were actually very nice people. Um, you can always respect people that apologize. I, I do. I respect growth is what I respect. Mm-hmm. I respect that in the moment somebody was heated and thought that I was just denouncing everything that they believed in. If somebody was to come in that door right now in front of me and you and say that Jesus would, never was born or or whatever, man, you'd probably show our butts a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I can respect somebody in the heat of a moment you know, as long as I can get my, my tail shot, I'm fine. But you know what, Josh? That's a good example, actually, because people do say that to me every day, and I don't respond. Yeah. Because he's a gentleman, and I don't push him on anybody. Yeah. So really, yeah, we need to honor people, and, and I'm all for you know honoring everybody, but at the end of the day, it's material things, and we have to set, put people over material things. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying I'm for the monuments. I think we need to honor our fallen soldiers, you know. But I do understand what you're saying about that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, a, well, it's I, about people. I don't think, I, with the monuments, because you can never put them in a box. You can't say the monuments. You literally, if somebody ever comes up to you, in my opinion, you have to say, I have to look at each one separately. Because if you don't know the story behind each one separately. And that's why I said I want historians. Yes. And I want the people who know, the experts there, and they know history. And I know history, but not I'm not the expert in history. They need to sit around the table. They need to look at it. And they need to preserve what needs to be preserved. And that's what needs to happen. You don't need to put people on there that are, you know, one extreme, uh, you know, emotionally. You need history. If if we're truly protecting history and we're truly memorializing something, that's who we need around the table. Absolutely. Because you, being the educator that you've been for forever, just the good, God-fearing person that you are, Jesus, guns, babies, like, there's no way. that That's where the left would try to trip you up. And they would try to, if I'm on the left, and I pull up the monument thing or whatever, I would have in my back pocket, Candace said, uh, she wants to keep all the Confederate monuments. And then I would have this one down in, I'm just going to name a fake city. Watch this be like a real city. Tyson Town. There uh, is Tyson. There is a Tyson. Mm-hmm. Oh, wherever it is. Uh, <laughs> it's all the way whatever. to Statesboro. Uh, Joshton. There were Joshton City. There's uh, Johnston. Go ahead. I'm there's Joshton. Um, there's a Confederate monument in Joshton. And this one was built in 1962. And this one was built... Uh, and it was right after these two young uh, African-American boys were uh, lynched uh, for whistling at a young white girl. And it was a reminder, because this, this did happen in some places. This one was built 
and it was built as a Confederate memorial. Some monuments were built as Confederate memorials to the Civil War, but that's not what they were really built as. They were built as a reminder. To stay in your place. Stay in your place. That's why there is a problem with some of them. When you go look at them, there's not names on them, nothing like that. It'll say, like, honor, whatever, and it's got a big Confederate flag on it. That's where you have to literally single them out and say, hey, look, I'm going to look at each one of them individually. Because I even think, like, some of these groups, like Sons of Confederacy or whatever, I don't think they stand behind the bad ones. I th- oh, no. I, th- I don't, not the guys I've met. Not exactly. I don't think they do either. I think that good people stand behind the heritage side of history. Yes. I think that the pieces of, of trash, they're nowhere to be found. Oh, I know where they're found. They're under a hood somewhere. But they're not paying attention to you. They're, no. not, they're not coming out in public. If they ever see, me and you'll never see them coming anyway. But luckily, they're, you know, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, but no, that's where I don't want anybody like you that's such a good person yeah. to ever get tripped up with that. Yeah, so I'm about, you know, history and, you know, memorializing people and, and honoring them. Yes, but that's why I know the historians have to be around the table, and that's what has to happen. And we have to, you know, we have to get them there. We can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to you know, dip my head in the sand and I'm just going to pretend and let them fight it out. And you put a liberal on the board that hates, you know, no, white you people. Never. And, well, that's happened. I know, but like. It, and it, then you've got a radical on the right that wants to just fight with a liberal. That's not going to get anything done. You don't, you don't need either one of them here. Georgia and the, and the southern states, you don't need a radical on the right and you don't need a liberal. You, you really need nothing but people like you. Common sense. Well, you, Bruce, you need a whole lot of Ben Carsons. I love Ben Carson. You need a whole, a whole lot of folks like that. You don't need a one or the other here because there's too much, there's too much to lose on either side. There's, I, I tell people all the time, I have a lot of people on this show that are from different parts of the country. And one of the things that they always ask is the South is bad, is what everybody makes it out to be. Oh, no, it's wonderful. And I tell them, for the most part, the South is the most unracist place yes, in the world. absolutely. Because we have been living with each other. For a long time. For a long time. We have learned to love each other for the longest time time we have been poor together we have been rich together mm-hmm. we have married m- together m- yeah it's not a big deal mm-hmm. it's when the outside world comes in here and you get somebody there's a there happens to be someone that's been a teacher around here for a long time even as far back when i was in school uh i'm not naming no names but he could but he won't yeah i'm not going to this person was out of hand in high school when i was there Still out of hand now from from things I've heard lately. And it's just like, how does this person who not not a Georgian and doesn't belong here, she doesn't understand the ways, come in here and makes things worse on people who aren't like that? Now, of course, you're going to have like a bad thing, a bad person every once in a while. This person in a community close to here reminds me of Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Divider. 
isn't one of us in my in my mind like she doesn't get our ways that's where i'm hoping you know you will be well you know i'm since this came up i'm gonna go ahead and put this out there because i might as well because it was shown last week and i'm it's ridiculous but my son when he was nine years old was obsessed with todd Gurley. remember the football player he's still a football player but he played for the university of georgia obsessed loves him he's still his favorite athlete he loves Herschel too now. Herschel's his second, but he loves Todd Gurley. Well, we all for Halloween, he dressed up like Todd Gurley, had his jersey, got him dreads. We wore, you know, my little girl wore a cheerleading uniform. We had on our Georgia shirts. We all were a family, Georgia fans. For We were like Todd Gurley's family, and Todd Gurley was my son. And he painted his face a little bit brown because he wanted to look like him. And I posted pictures eight years ago. And... Three years ago, my daughter was in the hospital dying from type 1 diabetes. Didn't know she had diabetes. Her sugar was over 1,000, and she was almost dead in ketoacidosis. And as I'm sitting there, someone made a comment on that picture from five years before and said that I was racist because it was blackface. Well, I didn't even know what blackface was. Never heard of it. Had no clue. So I'm looking it up, and I'm seeing blackfaces when they made fun of black people and like in comedy. Well, we dressed up like Todd Gurley because that's my son's idol. His role model. Loves him, right? So I go on there and I'm like, you better take this down right now or I'm going to sue you for defamation. This was not the intent. You're lying. You're changing the narrative. I'm not having it. Well, they took it down and I took the picture down because I don't want somebody trying to bully my child thinking something is wrong when he truly loves him. Oh, and Todd Gurley, I had tagged him in the tweet. He liked the tweet at the time. Yeah. Like, he liked it. He thought it was cool. My son dressed up like him. Well, this past week, somebody reposted that picture and got, called it, it blackface. Got, it got sent to me about 20 times. Yeah, called it blackface. And I'm going to sue him for defamation for many other I, things. I don't think you, I don't think you sue him. Well, for many other things. I've done many things. But anyway, but that my child's a minor still. Yeah. Right? And you're posting something, you know, he could be, he, he won't, he's got best friends that are of all races. Yeah. But what if they got offended by that and they beat him up? Or what if they were bullying him for something at eight years old, nine years old, his mama let him dress up because of his, his role model? Think about that. Uh, I think without you explaining it, it looks really bad. I do. But... Also, I have a whole lot of basketball, baseball, and football jerseys. Probably 90% of them African-Americans. Um, I, don't think it's that, I don't think it's that bad. I think there's something I tell almost everybody that comes in here that has a big social media following. And... and I tell them never to read their comments uh, on their videos or something. When you post something and you know that it comes from a good place in your heart and it doesn't come it. from hate and it doesn't come from malice or whatever, it doesn't matter. So me knowing you, me knowing your family or whatever, you didn't do it in a bad way at all. Like you, in the fact that you never even thought that it was blackface or whatever. I didn't know what that was. You, you know what? In, in all honesty, ignorance is bliss on this one. You didn't know. You didn't. Well, and it you, wasn't you, you thought. You thought I, exactly. That's the thing. If somebody can't take it as that, honestly, it's almost to a point 
that it's sweet. It's Lisa, al- it's almost to the point that it's sweet. It was sweet. He yeah. was so excited, and Todd yeah. Gurley. Li- I mean, Todd Gurley liked it. Yeah. He. So this is the deal. That is like saying that my white son can't look up to a black male and want to be like him. Mama, can I paint my face too so I look like him? He literally wanted to be tall girly every single way. But yet we have black kids that do that to white people and that's okay. That is like saying, that is so double standard. It makes me so angry because I have no problem with my son aspiring to be someone who's a good person, who chases their dreams, who is the American dream and is a good guy. I mean, look behind you right now. You got you got a poster of Mike Tyson sitting behind you. Over right there across from you, you got a poster of Dennis Rodman. Two of my idols. Two of the craziest people ever that are so misunderstood, but they are two of my idols. Um, I, I, I get why some people would have a hard time with it. They got a hard time because they're trying to they, find something on me and they can't. Well, it's also this. You're, you're, you're look, in my mind, you're looking at it the wrong way. That They are trying to find something on you. They're right. But they don't understand that it's pure. Yeah, I mean, he that, truly, and he was yeah. like, Mama, he was like, I love Todd Gurley. I still That's, do. Yeah. But he also wanted the guy's address because he wanted to go bet his tail. Yeah. And he's 17. He's like, Mama, I can go bet him up. I'm like, no, you're not. Mm. He's like, He's not going to talk about my mama like that. Yeah. I'm like, baby, we can't control yeah. people. They're going to yeah. talk about us, but we're just going to do the right thing. Yeah. And you know who was going to go in to beat the guy up? Two of his, two of his best friends that are black. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, that's what's crazy. Well, that's what that's the point I'm getting to. <laughs> when, when you do something and it's pure and you don't have to... I'm not saying you don't have to explain yourself because it's something like that, of course. Like, you're, you're running for governor. You're, you're going to have to explain it. But when your community is the ones, it's like, we're, we know where this is. You don't have to be the one. Now, if it was somebody, let's just say that it was, that it was from malice, that you were making fun of it, which right. you wasn't, that you wasn't, your community would be the first one that was like, oh, they dropped the M-bomb all the time. Your, your yes. community would call you out. The fact that your community is the one that's like, uh, we'll go kick this person's ass right now. And it's people of color that are like, oh, no, we're taking up for this kid. Like, we, we know. Yeah, they remember when he dressed up. They wanted his yeah. hair. They wanted his yeah. Like, they knew when he dressed that, up like Todd Gurley. I mean, it was yeah, cool. It was that, cool to them. Yeah, that's why. Is it in, because you said, was it nine years ago? Nine it, years yeah. ago. So, I get where... And blackface mess came out several years later, and met by the media, they resurfaced it back from decades ago because yeah. I researched it. Yeah. And I had this was a period of time where I had would never have done what blackface was. Well, there, there was. was a movie. There was a movie that came out in the early two thousands called Tropic Thunder. Robert Downey Jr. played uh, a guy. I don't remember saying that. Yes, it's, it's a comedy, but Robert Downey Jr. played a guy, and it's the first time that blackface had ever. Been, or had been done in a very long time when this happened and then there's a movie too i'm, I'm help you out with this one there's a movie called white chicks where oh the, yeah where the wayans brothers who are two african-americans mm-hmm. played two white girls i did say that okay so about this time is when these snowflakes and these super sensitive folks nobody had a problem with it because in these two comedies they were not making fun of it it was completely fine. Blackface back in the day 
yeah, was like racist as hell. Yes. Racist, racist. I was mortified when yes. I saw it three years it's ago. It's horrible. I was mortified. I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. this is evil. But I took the picture yeah. down, even though it was pure and sweet, and it yeah. was like, it was our favorite costume we'd ever done because Eli was so excited. Yeah. Like he loved being, I, he loved it. Actually, have you seen, uh, have you seen Jason Aldean from like four years ago? Uh. Uh-uh. Jason Aldean dressed up as Little Wayne and did it like four years ago. I it, mean, it's if it's pure, that that's what people don't understand. That's they want to change the narrative. They want to change the narrative, but you have to stand behind your narrative if it's pure. Well, it's, I'll tell you it's this, Josh. Honoring somebody else. It is okay with me for my white son. Yeah, that's all you got to say. Look up to a black male. It's okay with me. Yeah. Jesus made that black male, Todd Gurley, perfect in his image. In fact, he loved him so much, he gifted him an athleticism that is one of the best athletes of all time, yeah. one of the best one to ever play for the University of Georgia. Absolutely. And I'm totally good with my son aspiring to be like him. Absolutely. And if somebody has a problem with that, that's their problem. That's their racism. Yeah. I'm not. What would be racist is for me to say to Eli, Eli, I don't want you to dress like somebody from another color because you're white and you're privileged. Pick a that white would be back. wrong. Pick a white person. Pick baby. a white running back. That's what. I mean, that's, that's that. Oh, that makes me so mad. Yeah, that's what. That's don't fall into. I get where some people would find it taboo, but the people that are going to find it taboo are the ones. Are snowflakes? Yeah, yeah. They're they're not going to see it from a pure point of view because they don't know how to see it from a pure point of view. Do you think that I would dress my oldest child, my baby, my nine-year-old, in something offensive, racist? I'm an educator. I love children of all color, backgrounds, socioeconomic groups. Do you think that I would cognitively, knowingly dress him up as something offensive? I dressed well, him up and thought, oh, my gosh, this honor. I tagged Todd Gurley in it because yeah. I thought I had honored him to the nth degree. The best compliment is someone dressing like you and wanting to be like you. You, you ever heard uh, somebody, which this might actually be you, you ever heard like one of these people that have literally been to church their entire life and something they say is something that is so dirty that like if I was to say it, you know that I'm making a dirty joke. But that person is so unaware of the statement that they just made that it's being sexual. Like, they don't even know that they said something sexual. Like, it's funny to everyone around because they're like, they had, they're so oblivious to the comment. Before I had my human sexuality courses in counseling, like when I was in my early 20s, that was me. Yeah, exactly. So that that's what, if you're so oblivious to it, if you're so oblivious to it, then how do you even know? You don't even know. I'll take know. a lie detector test. Yeah. I will do whatever. I have no reason why. I'll put my hand on the Bible. I literally love everybody. Yeah. And I wanted my child to be proud of his role model. He yeah. was so pr- he was so proud of himself. When Todd Gurley liked that picture, yeah. Eli was running the house. I remember it like it was yesterday. So excited because he had made Todd Gurley proud of him. Yeah. I would. Yeah. That's... That's that's paying homage to him. Yes, yeah, if you, he acknowledged me yeah. for looking like him, I want to be like him. It's just like your, you know, your daddy or your mama yeah. or you know, whoever. You, you know, some people like are obsessed with their granddaddies, and it's like they want to be like their grandfather. They want to yeah. be like 
It's a role model. And yeah. it's so sick that in our culture, we twist things that are pure. Yeah, well, it's the people who, and I'm a very unpure person, so I, I can understand how some people can see it from an opposite way. But me knowing y'all, I know that it was done completely without even thinking a bad thought about it. It was not when done I found in a malicious Josh, way. I took it down. Yeah. When I found out that they were saying that, I, t- I was mortified. I took it off everything. I'm in the hospital in Jacksonville. My daughter's dying with DK- in DKA. I'm sitting there, and I'm taking it off. I'm crying about her, and I'm crying because now my son has been put out there. Is he going to be bullied? Are they going to say things about him that aren't true? Mortified. Took it down. And now somebody has screenshot it and wants to bring it up and post my minor child again and defame him and me by saying it's something that it's not. It's crazy. Yeah, just when you when you talk about it, talk about it like you just did. I mean, that's the way you go about it. You, I'll always tell the truth. Yeah. Whether, if it wasn't that way, if it was something, say he dressed up like Steve Urkel or he dressed up like somebody and he was making fun, and I said, well, it was innocent. I don't know what it was. This wasn't that. This was him idolizing him, wanting to be like him. Yep. Yeah, but exactly. And I don't even think, like, if you could still dress up like Urkel. I know, but I'm just yeah. saying it wasn't even you were for paying, fun. Yeah, you were literally, you were paying homage to your favorite athlete. It was during the time when Gurley had those issues with UGA, and they were saying that he had done some things he shouldn't have done, nefarious stuff, whatever they were yeah. saying. And they were set him out for several games. Yeah. And we were so mad. I had emailed and, and done everything I could trying to get the University of Georgia to quit being in their knee. Because yeah. he was such a great athlete, and it was so wrong to me. We okay. We bought a three thousand dollar English bulldog, and mm-hmm. guess what we named him? Gurley. Gurley. He died a couple months ago. Literally, our favorite athlete outside of Herschel Walker. Yeah. It just it's disgusting what people do, but it is what it is. I can't control it. It's okay. I think I think if you talk about it the way you just did with me, I, I think that you it makes you look even better. It does. It's. You're, I, I have to tell people this all the time. You got to understand something. The people who don't like you are never going to like you. Yeah, it's none of my business. It's none of your business. You can't make people like you. Nope. The people who love you are the people that are on the fence. When you talk about it and you share the way you just did, it's going to make the people that like you love you. It's going to make the people that's on the fence about you come over to your side. Because when they realize... That you can admit that you're kind of ignorant on it. Yeah, I was definitely ignorant on it. That I, I would never yeah. paint. But my youngest one's five, and what's yeah. sad is if he does have a role model that's another color, I won't let him ever, ever paint his face anything because I would be terrified somebody take it the wrong way, even yeah. though it would be pure. Because now I know. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the didn't know. You didn't. It's know. a cultural thing. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, I, I mean that's. And know. Todd Gurley liked the post. Yeah. I have it screenshot where he liked it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you were literally, it's not like you were hiding it or whatever. That's, if, I don't mind that you did it. I don't mind that you did it. Because you were literally wanting him to see that your child loved him. That's the same reason why I have Dennis Rodman 
I've got Mike Tyson in here. My favorite comedians of all time are Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle. Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. I love them. And I know what they would do if they were sitting here right now in the conversation that we had. They would say, don't you ever damn put blackface on them again. But they would understand. I know they would. They would give you shit about it. I know they would. But and they may not. They may would say, you know what? You're right. I want him to look up to me. I hope yeah. I'm somebody's eye. Yeah, that's what I mean. They would give you a if hard a, time. They a, would joke a, with you about it. If there was a kid that was Hispanic or whatever, yeah. and they dressed up like me, yeah. I would not care one bit. Yeah. It would not bother me. For example, there's these little girls, sweet little girls in North Georgia, and they have their Barbie dolls, and they are trying to make a Barbie doll look like me, and this was so humbling to me. They had these clothes. They were trying to do them a little suit. They got some red lipstick. We're trying to paint the Barbie's lips red, like this Georgia red that I like to wear. And their mama said, I'm telling you, they're saying they're going to dress up like you for Halloween. <laughs> and I think that I was like, are you kidding me? I'm nobody. I'm just like a normal person. Yeah. But it means something that people look it up to you yeah. and want to be like you. And that's why Todd Gurley liked the, the tweet because my son wanted to be like him. Don't pervert it. Don't make it something it's not. I had no clue what blackface was. There you go. That's all you got to do. Well, Candace, I appreciate you coming down. I appreciate you hanging out for a little bit. And um, good luck next week. I think the poll's open next week. The open Monday. Don't vote, though, until May 24th. Please. May 24th. Please don't vote until May 24th. You gotta, you're got doing a debate. Yeah, what? I finally got in the debates. On Sunday, they didn't let me in. It's funny. You know, they're using polls that I'm not in and yeah. saying that I don't poll high enough. And all of our polling shows me at 30%. I'm polling higher than David Perdue. It's hilarious. And what's going to be funny is whenever I'm in the runoff and everybody's like, where does she come from? It's going to be like the New Jersey trucker and, you know, Yunkin and all these people that made it that they were like, what happened? But we've grown so big, so fast, and we're going to win. We're going to win. I promise you. Hard work pays off, and I've outworked them all. So Sunday I, I'm on GPB. I'm excited. I really hope uh, I'm actually – I hope I can watch it when I'm in Nashville. I think I'm going to stop what I'm doing for a little while in Nashville. And oh watch yes, it. please. I really do. I think uh, I think I'm going to sit there and I'm going to root you on. That would be awesome. I think I'm going to. And y'all, please pray for me. I love y'all. I love Josh's listeners. Josh Terry is an awesome man, just awesome. And he's lost weight. He's looking really good. I so told do him. you. You yeah. look damn good. Yeah, we, me and Josh is losing weight, y'all. But um, I, I love y'all, and I just want to ask y'all pray for me. If y'all pray for me for protection, that would be awesome. I'm releasing some big news Monday, so y'all stay tuned for that. I shared it with Josh. He's not allowed to oh, tell. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, uh, tell them your social media real fast yes. so they can follow you. Candice Taylor. It's K-A-N-D-I-S-S Taylor.com. Y'all go to my website, and you can go to all my social media there. But um, I would love to connect with y'all, and we're going to have – got 29 more days to victory. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast. I will catch y'all next time.